Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Dr. Gershom Sikala was born in Zambia, southwestern Africa, and is a businessman, humanitarian, author, speaker, television host, and media personality. He's written four books, And You Shall Live, Breakthrough Thinking, Fathered by the Visible Father, and New Dimension of Glory. Dr. Sikala came to the U.S. in 2010 and currently lives in the Los Angeles area where he appears on his own syndicated show, You Will Never Be the Shame on the Cross TV Satellite Network. He's the co-founder of the Cross TV that reaches over 120 million people. And Carol, I understand that you found Dr. Sakala's concepts are very excellent for filmmakers. Yes, they are, Claire. Dr. Sakala has fresh, important information for us, and we thank you for joining us, Doctor. Oh, it's an honor um, that you have me on your show, and I'm, I'm really excited Wonderful. Okay, well, we want to learn about your breakthrough thinking, and we want to know more about you and your work. So let's start with where you just started on the path of writing and teaching. Um, you know, it's, it's a very, life is very interesting. You know, life is a journey. We are all on the, uh, on the path, um, depending which path you're taking. But some people need needs to be guided to which paths to go. So writing books for me is to be able to inspire and instill the insight of the things that I've experienced and the things that I've learned, learned from many great mentors. And I've had great mentors in my life. I've had the heads of Stary mentoring me. I've had... Uh, um, the biggest uh, religious leaders mentor me. I've had uh, the gurus in businesses also mentor me. So I, I can just say I've been very privileged to have all this information plus my personal insight from above. Um, so writing books for me, it's something that I, I believe that the book will, will live on for generation and generation to come. Uh, and and the only way we can transform our society is through information. We are who we are. It's because of what we have seen, touched, or heard. So we can change that picture. That's why the filmmaking is something very interesting for me. Oh, exactly. Um, and I understand that you are interested in faith-based movies. So tell us about this. You see, for a long time... Uh, religious people have always uh, ignored the importance of movies. As a result, the world is shaped the way it's shaped today because of what people watch, the sound they hear, even the books they read. It's what shapes our society. If, if there is murder in one community, it has nothing to do with an upbringing of that kid, but it has to do with how, what that kid saw on TV or what constantly watched on movie or video games, and that kid wants to practice it. And now we have school shooting. Okay, let's say we have a good movie that the kid grows up to, to, to believe uh, that it's good to love one another uh, respect elders and even respect your fellow uh, uh, craftsmen. And uh, in every level, your workmen, you grow up with respect. So I believe that movies have got that potential 
to actually change that concept in people's mind. It's subconsciously imprinted in people's minds in what they, they become. So that's why I wrote the book, Breakthrough Thinking, is to undo the certain thought, thought pattern of thinking that has been imprinted in you, maybe by your father or mother, by the wrong teaching, or maybe from your own teachers. So breakthrough thinking, it uproots that and, and gives you the, the right perspective in life. Uh, and I believe that faith for me is very important. And um, I believe that when people have faith, especially in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you look at the life of Jesus, how he lived on earth, he loved everyone, he loved sinners, he loved everyone, including the people that persecuted him. If people can follow the same model and love and respect, we can have a better uh, world. And uh, I'm interested in the, uh, in the movie industry because it's the most neglected. And unfortunately, most of the faith-based movies have been mediocrely produced. So I would like to change that. It needs to be excellently produced. Uh, I don't know why 90% of the faith-based movies, good story, but very bad production. So <laughs> it's, I, it's raising <laughs> the money, Dr. Gershom. This is what it is because... They um, they all got started with low budgets, most of them. Uh, there's a yeah. film that they made for $10,000. I think it was called Flywheel, and I loved that film. It's all about faith. And they did so well. They sold it. They made millions. So then the two men took all the money that they got back from that film and started a production company to make more and more films. But um, it's the audience, it's, it's all of us going to see these films and promoting them. That's what will bring us a better budget for better films. Thank you for that. And uh, I believe that, that um, there are so many stories. Uh, for example, my own life is a story. It's a movie, honestly. If I begin to tell you about my life, uh, it's... Uh, you know, at first, first and foremost, I didn't know that uh, my dad was very wealthy because when I was born, I was born, um, I was born outside marriage, basically. Um, I, I'm the only son of my mom and the fa- and my father, but they never lived together because my dad was. Uh, uh, you know, he was living in another city and my, da- my mom in another city. And actually, my mom hid me into the village um, because he didn't want my dad to get me because she loved me so much. Uh, so so the, the, the thing is, having that background of experiencing poverty in the village, and then when my dad came and took me, I mean, I experienced such prosperity I mean, my dad had workers for everything. Uh, from the, coming from a place of doing everything for yourself and coming to the place of how everything being done for you. You know, that, that, uh, that crossover. So, uh, and what helped me to pull through throughout this, it was my faith, uh, my faith was very important. It kept me in the right path. That's why uh, I'm really passionate about faith-based movies because stories like mine and many others can be told to, to, to inspire many people because you, you see um, when... Uh, my dad took me, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of from, from nobody to becoming a prince. Can you just imagine that? You know, that type of, <laughs> that, that type of experience. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's, uh, I remember one time I didn't even know how to eat the food chicken. Basically, I, I had the problem to have a food chicken being eaten. Of course. Because I came from a place, 
I had the place where we would share would share chicken with eight people. Now I'm having a chicken all by myself. And the fridge is so full with many chickens and chicken poop as well as got uh you know, they my dad had like thousands and thousands of chickens um that were uh uh you know breeded and uh to resell. Uh he basically fed the nation and with a lot of cows as well. And, you know, now coming to the place where my grandparents only had five chickens in the chicken coop that, that we could dress one to kill one and to the place where there are thousands of chickens, you can eat all you can <laughs> in the amazing. chicken coop. You know what? I, you know, so that shocking. Uh, it took me a, a while for me point where even my dad's workers they would say, is he really a son of Mr. Sikala? <laughs> he looks different. <laughs> oh my you goodness. Know, what it, a great it, life. It, yeah. It's a, you know, my, my, my dad's workers were questioning if it was my, if I was really son because, because one time I did something very interesting. Uh, my 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 parents were not were, were not home, so I was home alone, like a movie alone, alone. You know, I was home yes. alone. And one of my one of my workers, my dad's workers, says, "I'm starving." He was just asking maybe for something, for some kind of snacks if I had or something. Okay, they were not really allowed to come and ask for anything, but I was very free person. So they were, they they, they asked. Guess what? I said. Okay, here is a chicken. I, I opened the chicken, chi, chicken fridge. Here is a chicken. And the other worker says, I want more. So what did I do? I distributed chickens, maybe 50 chickens to 50 workers. I gave them each a chicken. Great. Like and what did your chicken. father say? <laughs> when my dad came, he just laughed and said, I knew you were different. Oh. I'm so glad I had. I'm so glad I have a godly son. This is all he said. I didn't even understand what he meant. Oh, how lovely. Of course. Yeah, that's what, you, you know, it's like to my dad was not a big deal. Was, for him, it was just hilarious that I'm getting it because he wanted me to take that ownership. Because several times I would receive the meal I would eat half of it because I was living half of it for my brother. But not knowing that any of my brothers, they all have full meals. But I was that conscious because of where I was coming from, the place of very little. So what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that um, there is always stories like that. You know, like when I share, this is just, in pieces because some few people that have been interested, there have been an interest on in this movie, so I can't share the full story. But just in a nutshell, saying that 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 there are millions of stories like that that are faith burst and and I remember when I how did my faith start? To tell you the truth, I didn't come from a family that had faith. They, we didn't even the word faith didn't exist. The word even uh, I mean, my family was not religious at all. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's my just family of politicians. So one time I was sleeping. I was sleeping one time, and and I just saw a man shows up in in, in my room with with a very loving face, and he was looking at me with compassionate. And I remember during that day. Uh, I, I remember the day before um, I had sore throat in my throat. Um, I was struggling. I was trying to to use natural remedies like salt and water. Uh, that was before my dad took me, um, before I started staying with my dad. Um, then this man walked into my room and every pain in my throat disappeared. And wow. his name was Yesu. And his name was Yesu. That is one of an African language called Yesu, means 
means Yeshua, means Jesus. My so heavens. I asked my grandfather, I said, who is Yesu? So my grandfather looked at me and said, I've heard about that name. Some kind of church people use that name. That's what, that was what my grandfather said. Yeah, I've heard about that name, but I, I, I just, I'm just told he's some kind of a white man who is very nice and did good things, but I don't know who he is, really is, but I'm just told he's a good man. Yesu is a good thing. That's all he said. Then I said, he oh, came to wonderful. me. Then my, grand, then my grandfather looked at me. His eyes became big. He, said, he came to me. Then he, he touched my Afro air. Like, oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's amazing. That's amazing. Have a nice day today. He didn't know what to answer or to say. But, but because my grandfather did not give me enough information, but I had evidence that I had sore throat and I got healed from it. So there was an internal search inside me to really find out why did Jesus come to me in the vision? I didn't even know the word vision by that, but I just thought now I can, I'm an adult, so I understand between dreams and visions and all that because it was so real. Uh, I thought it was like physical, but now I understand it was a vision. Uh, it just started, you know, have you ever walked out, walk, woken up from the nightmare or for something real? Like you feel like you are in the dream and you walk up, you walk up shaking or shivering. I don't know if you've had any of those dreams. Oh, yes. I have. <laughs> yes, I have. I know what you mean. It's amazing. Yeah, that type of the dream where you don't know if it's you are sleeping or you are awake, but it was so real. So yes. that's what happened. That's what happened when Jesus Christ, yes, walked in my room. But there was a heaviness because my pain from my sore throat was all gone. And I was perfect. No pain, nothing. And now, mm-hmm. now there was like, a deep searching inside me, and no one really went to church. My, my, grandfa- my grandmother made one of the best, best beer in town, traditionally. He was known for that. He was known to take care of people for the best alcohol. <laughs> oh, I see. So, so he brewed the alcohol. You know, he had, I don't know how he did it. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I was known that uh, my place was known to have the best alcohol, like traditional alcohol brewed out of corn and other things and out of uh-huh. millet. I don't know how they did it, but it was known to be the best. So we'd have a couple of hundreds of people lining up to buy the alcohol from uh, the beer from my grandmother. So, I mean, they were busy every morning. People were coming to buy alcohol. So, so they, so for me to, to really, uh, like go to church or anything, there was really no time for that. I mean, it wasn't just part of their plan or culture, but they were very uh-huh. good people. Very, they they were very great farmers, good people, sweet people, loving people, giving people. That's one thing I learned from them. They were so loving and caring, but they didn't know what I was experiencing. So as a result, there was that internal search. I continued to search and search and search and search until somebody gave me the Bible. And I read the Bible like a mad person. To tell you the truth, Carl and Claire, I ended up knowing the Bible more than anybody else in the world. To To the point where my very English, because I spoke, I speak 10 languages. So, so, English is like my 11th language. So, but, but I read the old English of the Bible because there was no other Bible available. It was King James Version. I don't know if you're familiar with things like uh, Scottish English. Thy, thee, thee, thy goeth, yes. I goeth. Things, yes. that's the type of the language. This is the language that I read the Bible in. I had to right. force myself to learn that language. I led it. 
and understood with that language in depth. So then, uh, then my English teacher said, how is it that your English is so different? I don't <laughs> teach that English. <laughs> Who is your private teacher? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Then of I, course. Then I said, uh, I've been reading this book because no one really read it in my house, so I read it privately in my room to the point where I'm reading it and uh, our, our chef, we had a personal chef, my chef uh, for the chef of the house comes and knocks and says, boss, boss, the food is ready. Then I said, no, I don't want, I'm still reading because I was so intrigued with the book. How can this person heal somebody that is blind? That cannot be. That cannot be. I'm arguing with a book by myself. I am in the story. Yes. Oh, he died and rose from the dead. That complicated. How did he die? How could he rise from the dead? Uh, you know, things like that. By the way, yes. why did he die? Why did they do this for him? Why did the Romans do this? So I had many questions. As a result, I would go, I would go in my room internalizing this book and talking to myself. I had a cyclopedia with me. I had concordance with me. I had, I had Nelson dictionaries with me. I was, I was like every word I never understood. I'll go to cyclopedia. I'll go to this. And I did this for years to the press where it was even a consent for my family. I said, why are you studying this book? But it's because it was, it contained the name Jesus. And I never understood why he came and healed me. And I believe that in filmmaking, to be able to tell stories like this will be able to, to change people's lives because there are many people like me who have, who have questions about faith. They have questions about why things happen like that, you know. So movies, yes. I really, they will really speak volumes of that to, to really bring that understanding. And I know yes. it's, uh, I could go on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. I, Thank you so much because this is the heart of the movie making is storytelling, finding good stories and telling them. That's what it's all about. But your book, Breakthrough Thinking, is so powerful. I want you to share some of the, the things that you've got in your book because that book came from uh, your life experience through your faith and the knowledge that you gained from reading the Bible. How many times did you read the Bible? Oh, my goodness. I've, I've read my Bible since I was 14, like all year long. So for maybe uh, I read the Bible twice a year. Uh, I, I read the Bible two times in a year. In a year, I go through the Bible. So, so times two. Maybe That's I've read incredible. the Bible. Maybe I've read the Bible sixteen times. That's incredible. Yeah. So, um, so the Bible for me, it's uh, it has become part of my life. But I then I uh, the, one of the privileges I had is that I mastered the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And I didn't read other books, but I just read the Bible. Because the reason why, I would hear a little voice says, I want you to read it. I want you to read it. Then I said, why? Okay. When I wanted to read other books, it would say, don't, just read this. So I had like <laughs> a spiritual garden in me. Mm -hmm. And uh, read, I was so hungry for information, for anything that surrounded Jesus. Because can you imagine you're a little child Somebody heals you that you don't know. It's like you're all that person's life. Let me tell you, that's where my journey started. I said, if this man that I don't know, he saw how much pain I had and he healed me, is worth me giving him my life. That's where the journey started. My journey started honestly. And now, you, you see, I've realized, I've preached maybe to over 5,000 churches or more 
or maybe 10,000 churches or more because I've traveled from from one country to another country being invited wildly to speak in churches, both mm-hmm. open airs from the stadiums to home meetings to cathedrals to hotel meetings to arenas uh, and uh, to taking a, a group of 400 people in Germany, because one time I wanted to convert the whole Germany to Jesus. Can you believe it? In 2006. <laughs> so I took 400 people with me. I took 400 people with me, and, uh, and we were in every major street, and we held meetings, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people came to meet this Jesus uh, it was even on BBC News in 2006. Can you imagine? It was even picked up by, by BBC. And I was in a newspaper like every single day. Said We don't know what, is, what this boy is up to. I didn't even know what I was doing on a show. I didn't even know that Jesus could be offensive to other people because I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yes, of course. It's just, it just innocently... I knew this man that healed me, and I felt I needed to do something. So having traveled all over from South America to Africa, I realized that people, people's biggest problem is a mindset. One, Their mindset, mindset about yeah. yes, how they view themselves and uh, how, they, how one views himself is more powerful than what somebody else thinks about that person. Most people have caged themselves by thinking negatively about themselves. They may not verbalize it, but it's something that they subconsciously do it. Unknowingly, they just do it because of their past trauma, because of their, of their experiences, the words they heard. They may have never said it, but they have internalized it. What I mean by that, it's the same word as, uh, let me, let me I, I like, I like uh, inventing new words. It's like unplanned meditation within your soul. Mm-hmm. Unplanned meditation, you know, the word meditate means focus and uh, ponder upon. Now you focus and ponder upon within your soul Without even you knowing it, you have been hijacked by the past. You have been hijacked by the pain, by the rejection, by all those things. As a result, your thinking pattern starts to form, and you start thinking like that. Uh, why is it that you, you, when somebody says something, you overreact? There is like some kind of a button that is being pushed when you hear certain words, when, you hear, when somebody acts certain words. So if it's because those things have been formed inside you by your mindset and your mind has accepted that. So I realize that some people are rude, not because they need to be mean and rude. It's because of that's what they have seen and watched and they feel that's part of life. And they have built their thinking that way. Some people, it's poverty because they, for example, I was raised uh, from the age of, I was a baby up to the age of seven. I was raised with almost nothing. So I can accept that lifestyle to say it's okay to have nothing and it's okay to never think of anything good to happen to me because all I know is to eat fruits and eat wild animals and farm, sleep, grow up, get married, have kids, and die. Because... Because when I was in the village, that's how I watched the old people. They have, they, I asked them the question. I was, for some reason, I like to ask questions. I spend a lot of time with old people. I said, how long have you been here? Oh, 80 years. What did you do? Have you gone anywhere? No, I've been just here. This, this house was passed on me by my grandfather. My grandfather received it from that, and I'm going to pass it this to my son. Then I asked their son, do you have any plan? of improving it. He says, no, we have been comfortable. We have like 10 goats and, and we have like five cows and we use it for milk and for farming and then we grow crops and, 
and uh, our graveyard is just next door there. You know, there is no planning. You can accept that type of condition. Then I realize that changing your thinking that I will not die like my father or I will not be like my grandfather, I believe that I was meant for something bigger. I, you know, so the book helps people to uh, unlock their locked-up potential. It could be people to be in prison, Carol and, uh, and, and Clara, to be in prison doesn't mean you need to be in an actual prison. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> you create your own a, prison. You create your own prison by the way you think. And, and to tell you the truth, there's so much resources in this world. There's so much good in this world. But because of the, what the past has given you and because of what I've heard, those things can imprison you. So this book is to break, to break out that and take you to another level of thinking to set you free from your past. For example, is. I talked to one man. This is a true story of what everyone goes through. This man, he was married to the sweetheart of his life. And then she divorced him later on. And he got married to another woman, more beautiful than the sweetheart of his wife. Like his, uh, how do you call that? The, his, his high school sweetheart. He was married first to the East High School Sweden for about 10 years. Then she divorced him. He got divorced. And two years later, he, got ma- he found another person. He got married. So they look, they look amazing together. They're amazing and they're popular and they're well-known. You feel like everything is all right. So I talked to him and said, what do you love most about your wife? You know, my ex was really amazing when she begs and when she comes and, you know, when she comes and the way she smelled and, and the way she, she made tea for me. I don't know. That was just magic every time she brought tea or coffee by my bedside when I'm sleeping. And, and it's just amazing when, when, when she said certain things to me. Then I said, wait a minute. Is this your wife now? No, no, no. I'm talking <laughs> about my ex. <laughs> oh, goodness. Then, then I started talking to him. I said, I appreciate your romance, but you are not living with this woman. You're still living with her. You, you're not living with Jan. You're still living with Mary. No, I love her totally. She's amazing. Look at her. She's beautiful. I said, the first thing you told me, it's about your ex. How amazing she made. How is it that when I ask, how is your marriage, then you start mentioning of somebody I've never met. This man never realized that he was still in prison of the old. He was still married to his old wife. And this new wife, he has failed to accept her into his heart. He has failed to change. As a result, privately I talked to his uh, wife, his current wife. I said, how is your marriage? She, it, was difficult. it was different with her. I said, I love him. He's a very good-looking man, very nice. But he never connects with my heart. He is always thinking about something else. It's either we connect on the business level and on, they have kids on the kids level, but when it comes to just normal conversation, he is always quiet like he's somewhere else. Then I knew he's still locked up in the prison of the past. is missing out by experiencing his current wife. She was sweet. So I told him, wonderful man, I want you to divorce your past. He said, what do you mean? How can I do that? I said, you need <laughs> to divorce your past. You, you, you have divorced physically, but you, are not, you have not divorced 
your past, in your mind. You're still married to Jen. Mary, he's just a hangout. You're just hanging around and you're starving her. She's being starved by your love. She says, no, I always give her money. I give her to salute. I take her for, 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 for uh, money, uh, for what do you call that? To do needles. To, to, to the beauty salon. I take her once a week to the beauty salon. And I take her once a week for a movie. I said, in a movie, you don't talk. You talk, take her to the movie because it's easier <laughs> for you. Because mm. you don't really connect with her with our emotion. I said, you are right. How can I do that? I said, you're still connected to your ex. So once you divorce your ex, you change your thinking, your pattern of thinking, then you will see the beauty of the gift that you have in this woman. So I told him, first, you must let go of the past. The past is the past. Let go. Then begin to accept and enjoy this moment. You have not... Then I said, how long have you been married to this woman? He said, four years. I said, the four years, you have not been married to this woman for four years. And this, this two-year-old that you have, the child... It just came along. I don't even know if, if you really know your wife. Now I think you know more your baby than your wife. He says, you are right. Then, then he said, what can I do? Then I said, you must divorce your past and accept your wife and learn to live in the moment. Appreciate the moment. Appreciate right this moment that you are with your Wife, so I said, I want you to go and hold hands on your wife and say and be present and tell her, look at her, how much you appreciate her. I said, it's so hard for me to do that. I said, you've been married. It's so hard to tell your wife she's beautiful. I said, it's so hard. I said, it's because your thinking pattern is still in the past. So when he changed his thinking and started telling his wife, you're beautiful, I appreciate you, I'm so privileged that you're in my life. And I said, be present. When you have a cup of coffee, be present. Just be in a moment. Learn to enjoy the moment. Life is not about events. It's not about the businesses you do. It's about the moments that you cherish. So once he started doing that, his mind started to change. And guess what? He has a, the most rich relationship right now. He said, I love my wife. Oh, my God. Just the ch- This is the same principle that works. Even the people that have been raised in poverty, they need to divorce the poverty mindset and marry prosperity, begin to embrace that there are people who cannot, even myself, it was so hard to accept to eat the whole chicken when I was used to have a chicken, one chicken with eight people. So now, when there was abundance came, it was very difficult to handle it. So there are people that cannot handle greatness because they are not open to it. So this, this book will help you to open to greatness, to new inv- inventions, innovation, to improve your personal life and the lives of others around you, and to just become a better person because negativity creates bad energy around you. That body energy can affect your health, can even affect people around you. Have you ever met people like when you look at them, you don't want to, you feel like you don't want to be around them? It has nothing yes. to do with the, with the cologne they are wearing or the perfume. You just, it has nothing of them being ugly. They can be, even be good looking. When I was at Cambridge studying, I remember this beautiful, beautiful girl. I didn't want to sit next to her. Yet every guy, every guy would say she was the most hot girl at school. <laughs> but me, I couldn't stand her. Tell you the truth. I didn't verbalize it. I couldn't stand her. For some reason, I didn't just like the energy around her. And I asked other guys. They felt the same. I asked even the fellow girls. They felt the same. The only thing she had is that she had a beautiful body and she was good looking but people do want to be around her. Why? Because she was so full with negativity and she created that 
negative energy, that bad energy around her, which was accumulated through thinking. So I took the board, the, I, put, I, I took one step toward to her. I said, can I, can I take you out for lunch, you know? It really lunch is like, uh, it's kind of like tacos, you know, you just buy one taco and some chocolate, <laughs> you know, when you're at, you know, when you're at college. So yes. I bought her some tacos and we started eating. Then I said, tell me, do you love yourself? She said, no, I hate myself. Then I said, have oh, you ever loved yourself? Goodness. I said, no, but why are you alive? Well, for the sake of my mom, my mom loves me, so I guess I just need to stay alive. Then I said, you, de- you don't really live for yourself? She said, no, why? I don't like myself. Because when she was a little girl, there was an uncle who told her that you are very angry. <gasps> you are oh, such an angry-looking kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, you know. People get well, upset. Well, that would so you, do it. That would yeah, put so you she, in a bad mood. <laughs> so she she looked up so much for the uncle was very successful and a, pub, a, a public figure who said she's angry, so she always hated herself for being angry. But in reality, she was the most looking good girl, even when I was talking to her. But because of our mindset, she accumulated this bad energy. So when you read the Breakthrough Thinking book, it removes those cobwebs, those cluttering. It just removes you and sets you free. You know, it's a, there are so many books today on creative thinking and all that. I'm very creative because I invented, uh, our company invented one of the bamboo bike, a, a bike made out of bamboo, which has been all over the world, including CNN and BBC. So I believe in creativity, but beyond creativity is to create a good environment, like a good thinking tank that is healthy thinking so that you can produce a better movie and you can write a good movie and also relationship. This book will help you to have a healthy relationship. It will also increase your cash flow. It will improve your energy, your surrounding, because in this book I also share about the importance of of not allowing your environment to affect you, but you affecting the environment. So I believe that that breakthrough thinking is much more needed today from the high school to the college, from the working man, and from just an ordinary person. They need this book to be free. People are still in prison. We need to set them free from that captivity of negativity so that you can think better and live better and improve your life. And I believe that that's why we started this uh, uh, organization called Global Charity Initiative. It's not just handouts. It's also setting free your mind so that you can become a better, a better human being and better citizen and improve your country or your community, wherever you are. Jack was, yes. uh, Mother Teresa. Yes. This is such an important uh, charity. It is really important. I want you to tell us all about your vision for a global charity initiative because I understand you want to end poverty on the planet. This is a great vision. In our lifetime, look, many people have visions. Some people have a vision to, to go to another planet and develop new planets. We know a lot of money has been invested in uh, discovering new planets, it's great. But for me, I want to invest in people that are on this planet, Mother Earth. Uh, they're about, the new, the new research shows there are about 8 billion people on planet Earth. Now, 8 billion people with, with just $1 trillion, we can set free Every person can walk up knowing there's food on, the, on their table. And every person on planet Earth can have a shelter. I, I'm, I will not promise Lois Lois or, or personal jets, but, but just a decent, normal housing, sanitaries, running water, 
Korean food. I believe that if we all came together and for the love of humanity, we can end poverty on the planet in this generation. We can end poverty. We, we, we can end poverty. Someone is calling me. Just a minute. We certainly can. Well, we need a plan. You've got to share your plan with us. We really want to hear how you've worked on yes. this and what you intend to do with it. Yeah. Um, so Global Charity Initiative, um, it's, it exists, one, to set free people from the mindset of poverty, breaking the mindset of poverty. It's a very big thing. As you know, there are many organizations that I've worked with for many years to, uh, that, I, that do a lot of handouts. But, but Global Charity Initiative, it's all about empowering people, teaching to fish. Because you see, the greatest healness, it's a mental healness. Poverty is a healness of mind. Let me paraphrase this. I believe that when we believe that lacking is okay, we embrace that and become part of our culture, it's difficult to remove it. But when we realize that poverty is not part of our culture, it has never been uh, a plan from above, we can, we can begin to... Think differently. Co- uh, you know, we need to cooperate. Co- there needs to be some synergy with other organizations and other business people. We need to come to one place of thinking, which is like poverty is a illness that we need to cure all of us. If we don't do it, it will affect us in one way or another. You know, there is the human trafficking, there is uh, prostitution, there is, uh, there is people steal, and there's all these things that go on. All these things is caused by poverty. So if we need to live peace-free with our neighbor, we need to end poverty. If we need to reduce 90% of sicknesses and disease, they are caused because people are not eating right, they don't have the right nutrition that are needed, uh, you, you know, so when when we we take care of the human being, we, we, we that we are made in the image of God, we we are extending their lives. So this is an agency that we need to declare war against poverty. It has been existing, I know, for a thousand years. But I, on my research and being in every continent in the world, I've actually figured that greediness has become one of the biggest enemy of the human being. And me and my team, we have taken this on ourselves. We want to partner with people, globally that wants to empower human beings. We, we want to supply capital. We want to be people to, we want to train them, set them free from from the spirit of poverty and the mindset of poverty, we want to bring in mentors. We want to bring in people that can mentor them, people that have, that are, that are, that have succeeded from nothing. Then afterwards, we want to be able to supply capital uh, uh, after we train them. You know, we don't want to just hand money, but we want to supply capital on these people and, and not just supplying capital. We want to train them because you see, Poverty has nothing to do with having a lot of money. Poverty has to do with one person's thinking. The mindness of the person. The mindness of the person really matters. I know of one person, Cara and uh, Cara, that that got a hundred thousand dollars, and he was broke in a week. And somebody else got five thousand dollars, and today is worth millions and millions of money. Why? The other person knew how. The other person was just a consumer. So, so we, we, 
what do you do with the crippled and the sick and the old? We want to give them a handout, but not just from us. We want to raise up their sons and daughters to look after these people. So, right. so there is a place for handout, but we want to train and champion people. Even us, like right now, we are partnering with Boys and Girls Club. We don't want to just give them money or clothing. We want to give them books. At the same time, we want to let them dream. We want to help someone to dream and have a vision. Do you know that some people don't have a dream? They don't have something to live for? They feel like they have no purpose on earth? We want to give them that purpose, that you can make your community a better place. We can make Los Angeles a better place. We can make, you know, like, like what my Mother Teresa said, I went to, to Kakata myself. I was privileged to be in Mother Teresa's home years ago. She said in one of our courts, you can find your own Kakata and change it. So we want to change people to find their own Kakata, their own city, cities. For us, we're targeting Los Angeles and Africa and South America and and. Philippines and all this, but we want people to find their own Philippines, their own Los Angeles. We, we want to empower them. We don't want this to be just dependent on one person. We want to, it's a movement. It's a breakthrough thinking movement. We want to have this movement all over the world in every language, in every culture. We want to end poverty on the planet and we can end it. Everyone can have clean water, can have good food. Not only that, we can train people's mind and have a golden law, treat others as you want to be treated. Love one another as you want to be loved. Take care of one another just as you want to be cared for. We want to create a, a totally new environment. It will take us some time, but it will take one person at a time. It will take Carl, Carrera. It will take different people that are partnering with us. We have a number of people that are coming on board, and I would like the people to come on board and partner for the Global Charity Initiative. There have never been anything like this on the planet Earth. Yes, there have been, there have been a lot of great organizations there, but this one is not just for one person. It's a global movement. It's a breakthrough movement. We really need people to, to, to be to partner with us financially, join us financially with your mind, with your resources. We want doctors, scientists, lawyers, because in certain countries, in order to end poverty, uh, car and credit, we may need to change laws, and that will require us to have a group of lawyers because, because it's a dangerous thing to try and end poverty because people make money out of poverty, but we want to end it all, and people are still going to make money. So, so I'm, I'm taking so much time to talk about this charity because I believe that every human being deserves respect and dignity. And every human being has got the right to live, has got the right to have food on their table. And, and some of these rights have been removed because of bad decisions that were made by their parents, bad decisions that were made by the uh, government, certain policies, you know, a lot of things to influence. So we want to re-educate and educate and say, you can live in abundance. You can be a, a big brother or a big sister to help your sister to become better, not just to give handout, but an empowerment. That's what we need. We need the right education. We want to empower. That's why this Breakthrough Thinking book, we want to give it to everyone on the planet if it is a possibility. Then afterwards, we, after we have changed their minds, we have removed negativity, mediocrity of thinking, rejection, those things that hinder you from advancing, from moving forward when it's cut off, then we want to work with you and give you capital and become the next millionaire, billionaire, the next, the next person. Some people, they don't need to be billionaires, but they, they don't need to be millionaires. But, it, but we can train them to become leaders on their own right, because every person can become a leader to end yes. poverty. 
We, oh, they can. Yeah. You're so right. And our, our time is almost up, but I, I thank you so much for the wonderful information you've been sharing on the Global Charity Initiative. Now, we need to tell people, before the show's over, we've got two minutes to tell us, how do we find you? What website or what address do we contact your office? Give us some information, please. You know, you can go to globalcharityinitiative.org. You can find okay. the information there, globalcharityinitiative.org. And you can also go to my other uh, website, which is gershomsikala.org as well, and you'll be able to find us. We would love to keep in touch with you. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like you to join this movement for for dignity, um, for ending poverty. And we want to end poverty of mindset and spiritual poverty as well by giving people the right information. So we really need every person who has got love for mankind or a heart to help. We, I'm appealing to you to join this movement in our lifetime, in the next 10 years, 20 years, I believe we can end poverty. My team and I and our global team, we're really committed to this. We, we're really committed to this with our lives. We want you to, we want your company, we want your, your, you as a couple, you as individuals to partner, especially to contribute and support financially because I believe that Global Charity Initiative will also oh, marry the movie industry, the entertainment, to produce the best, best, best movies. We need faith in order to fulfill this. And also, you know, we want to write more nice books to empower you and keep, and, and keep improving your life. Uh, I believe that uh, arts and entertainment, it's part of the, uh, uh, it's part of the, you know, it's part of the ending poverty on earth because if we produce good movies and we also produce the right songs that talk about humanity and changing lives and loving one another, it's very important to start producing this type of movies. That's why I, I shout out for, to all producers, to all Hollywood stars and the people that I mentor, the A-listers that I mentor all over the world, uh, I, I want to encourage you to keep shining and being the light. We need more producers for great movies and, and great songs. It, this, this marriage together and businesses and, uh, and organizations that are already doing great things for us to come together, Hollywood and the world coming together to end poverty, I believe that it's very positive. It's positive and it, and I know that 100% uh, we, can, we, can, we can really make a difference in people's lives. I'm, I'm going I, back to filmmaking because I have passion for that. Yes, and that's where it can all start. Thank you so much, Dr. Gershom. It's been a joy to listen to you. Your passion is incredible. Your knowledge and your information you've shared with us will improve our lives. We thank you very much. Claire thanks you, and I thank you. And uh, globalcharityinitiative.org. Please go there and check out Dr. Gershom Sakala. Thank you for joining us. Bye for now. Thank Thank you you. for having me. Bye. Okay. Well done. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. And also to our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations that you've given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you for that. And we'd love to hear from you with your ideas for more shows. What topics would you like to hear? Who would you like interviewed? Just let us know because we're always here for you. And enjoy hearing your feedback whenever you have an opportunity to do that. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. 
David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's david, R-A-I-K-L-E-N.com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.